Good morning, happy Wednesday, another Wednesday here on the pregame podcast. Dan's prediction of Penn State being a top 10 team is slowly, slowly deteriorating. Uh, I know I asked for an intro that didn't involve a constant update on what's going on with the Celtics and all of that stuff, but you didn't have to, like, put the knife in me like that. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. They're, they're ranked 20th right now. Okay, it's not looking really hot right now. Okay, things are things aren't going. They still could be top ten by the time we get to selection Sunday, which is the only thing that matters. That's the point I'm making. Okay. All right, we'll see how that turns out. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, also, if you may have noticed, Kalen uh, sounds a lot closer to you, a lot better, and that's because this week we are going through like a little bit of a technological upgrade. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dan gave me a birthday present um, this week as it was both of our birthdays and I was a bad friend and didn't buy him anything. And then he he kind of just turned up at my house and was like, here, have this uh, really dope, nice new microphone. Yeah. So, wow. What a guy. Well, it's going to be weird because this podcast, due to the timeline of me giving you this gift, there will be segments of old Kalen when he was recording with a phone. Uh, segments of new Kalen like you hear now with this microphone and segments with both of us being in the same room, uh, which is something we haven't done before on the podcast. So it, it's a it's a growing week for us here, the birthday week on the podcast. But uh, as you can tell, it's all for a good cause since Kalen's coming through in high fidelity now. Yes. Yes, indeed. Even, even your phone agreed. <laughs> oh, it sucks. What? I can't mute that. Uh, or else I mute you. Oh, is that your uh, your computer? Yeah. It's fine. Just learn to mute all the tabs and like that kind of stuff. That's just what I've gotten used to doing uh, with recording. Regardless, things we're talking about today. We're talking about a couple of things. One, we're going to talk about where Tom Brady should go based on what's important, which is living in some of these cities. Also, what we're going to be talking about, a new segment on the show where we talk about some obscure sports. How about that? Gotta love an obscure sport, Dan. Gotta love an obscure sport. Yeah, but we've been talking for a while. Let's hop into the first thing we gotta do, which is our winners and losers. So let's start where we start every single week with our winners and losers of the past week in action. Kalen, who do you have on the winning side? And this week on the winning side, I have an XFL team. And honestly, it seems like we go to the XFL uh pretty regularly in this segment but you, you have, at least I yeah do. yeah you have been doing um, a lot of that pay attention to it at least a little bit more than some of the other uh other sports that are happening right now like hockey for instance um but my winner is the tampa bay vipers who notched their first win this past weekend they are one in three exciting it's it's an eight-week season so one in three i mean they're basically kind of done but still I mean, they're pretty much over, but that hey, they got their first win. I mean, that's big for an organization and a brand new sport, you know, yeah, and, and, and a brand new organization itself. Getting that first W means you can roll into more wins in the future. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I, I like seeing this league um, succeed. Yeah. And I think that if I remember right, it's the top two from each 
division, so five and three might make top two out of four teams. Yeah, so, I mean, if they win out. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I should not be counting them out quite yet. Statistically, no, but logically, yes. I mean, here's the thing, Dan. If they were taking more teams um, from like the XFL West, there would be more competition because the LA Wildcats are one and three, the Seattle Sea Dragons are one and three, and then the Tampa Bay Vipers are one and three. But every other team except the Battlehawks and the Roughnecks is at 500 at two and two. So it kind of really is anybody's game still. Yeah, I guess that's the benefit of having, you know, eight teams, eight weeks. Yeah, it, I mean, it kind of leaves it wide open until the very end here. So it'll be interesting to see how it all closes out. No, that's for sure. Dan, the man, who is your winner for this week? Uh, my winner for this week is Brewers superstar Christian Yelich. As we speak, uh, he is n- inching and inching closer and closer and closer um, to a contract extension with the Milwaukee Brewers. And that extension right now is shaping up to be in the ballpark of nine years, $215 million. So, uh, yeah, he is in for a pretty big payday, which I can't blame him. He's been doing crazy stuff up there in Milwaukee, uh, basically really helping to launch the Brewers into a always competitive uh, NL Central. Or at least most years, very competitive NL Central, especially looking at the Cardinals and the Cubs, who have been obviously the very dominant powers in the NL Central for a while. Uh, it's it's cool to see him kind of bring the Brew Crew into the discussion a lot for the past couple of years. You know, win the division. I think, I think they won the division one time in that as well. I think in 2018, but don't hold me to that. I'm not looking at the statistics in front of me. But yeah, Christian Yelich. Uh, very close to that deal, uh, possibly have had that deal signed by the time that this comes out uh, tomorrow morning. And yeah, I think he's the winner of the week. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely getting a huge payday and it's definitely well-deserved. I, I I don't know about an eight-year deal, but you know. Well, he's still on the, he's a still lot on of the young getting- side side but a lot of people are getting those huge deals now for a long period of time and they i don't know if that's necessarily the best interest of gms but who am i to judge yeah of course but uh who we are judging are our losers of this week so caitlin how about you tell me about yours oh my loser is a team that honestly should never be a loser and that is the duke blue devils Ooh, why well, the Duke Blue Devils started last week at 7th in the AP poll. They have now dropped to 12th in the AP poll with other teams making surges. And a lot of these top teams right now, Dan, are falling at the time of their conference tournaments or in, as we inch closer to conference tournaments. Actually, no, we are in, in conference tournaments. Excuse me. So as we get to these conference tourneys or leading up to them, I should say, Teams like Duke were faltering. Baylor now was undefeated and now has three losses to their name. They went from first and lost their undefeated rank, uh, record to second to now having three losses at 25-3 and three and having to go into the Big 12 tournament and deal with Kansas, who's currently number one, and in my opinion, should have been number one the whole way through. But you have teams like that, and then you have teams like Kentucky, who was eighth and is now sixth. You have teams who are like Seton Hall, who was 13th and is now 8th. Like, there are a lot of teams making a push here late. 
Michigan State is now 16th. They were 24th last week at the start of the week. You know, there are a lot of teams making pushes currently and teams that are like Penn State, Duke, and Baylor who are faltering as we get to conference tournament time. Well, they don't call it March Madness for nothing because we don't even have to be in the tournament, the big dance, to to feel the effects of us approaching the absolute madness with these teams just kind of going haywire right before, as you mentioned, uh, the conference tournaments. And no, you really don't have to be in the March Madness tournament to actually see the chaos of March Madness. You just have to literally be in March. Exactly. That's my loser for this week. And honestly, I really want to hear who you are thinking is a loser this week. Surprisingly, and this is really surprising, saying that, you know, you're on here on a regular basis every week. This week, the only time we're talking about the NBA in this segment is coming from me. (laughs) Amazing. My loser this week is the New York Knicks. Now, now, yes, they did end the Rockets six game win streak. They did do that. But the reason they're losers is that they upset and lost their biggest diehard supporter. And that is Spike Lee. What did they do to anger the great Spike Lee? Yeah. So if you don't know, Spike Lee is a huge Knicks fan. He sits courtside to the Knicks like every game. If you if you see a Knicks game at Madison Square Garden, you will see Spike Lee sitting courtside. And of course, this is because he is a huge fan he has been a season ticket holder for 28 years, which is crazy to think about. Uh, it's older than both of us. Uh, it is. Yeah. Basically, what happened is that some people saw Spike Lee arguing with some security guards outside an elevator entrance. And basically, what happened is that for the past 28 years, Spike Lee has been using the same entrance to get into the stadium. And for whatever reason, there was a little bit of a mix-up, or there was a disagreement, and that led to him being upset. And now he says for the rest of this season, he's done watching at Madison Square Garden. He is not going to any other home games the rest of this season in New York. And he said he has no problem returning next year, but for the rest of this year, he is uh, shutting it down. Oh, that's huge. The Knicks are uh, at least... At the time of recording this, they are 19 and 22, and it does not look like they have a game tonight, so they will still have that record when this comes out tomorrow. If Guys, if that's your record, the only thing you could hang on to is the fact that, you know, you have people like Spike Lee who are staples at, at the Garden, so... Yeah. yeah. From an organizational standpoint, you really need to fire that bodyguard who didn't let Spike Lee go through the door he wants to go through, because he's about all you got right about now, as far as draw to come to a uh, Knicks game because your team sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Besides MSG being MSG, you only have famous people that come there to really draw anybody in at this point because, again, the team's just trash. Yeah, by the way, I saw some uh, home games at MSG that you could see. Uh, depending on the opponent, they were I think they were low as 30 bucks. I would drive to New York to go see a game in MSG. I'd see the Knicks play for $30. Yeah, you want to you go I do this? Even, I wouldn't even care who they were playing. I mean, it... I think I think I saw one of the cheap games was obviously when the Hornets come to town that's cheap but I think I also saw that when the Bulls come to town it was pretty cheap or at least there were cheap tickets that. available so I'm I might do that that that'd be an interesting one I'd well, think about it Well let's plan something cuz you and I have never been to a professional basketball wait wait no you were you were there for the Wizards right 
Uh, we have no, we have not no. been to a professional basketball game together. No, it was it was Ben and Ian that were there when we went and okay. saw the Washington Wizards play. Uh, oh, who'd they play? I want to say it was either the Jazz or the Pacers. Just it was the Pacers. Just because of of color. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the color scheme. Exactly, exactly. But that might be what we have to plan next. We could do that. We will record a segment live from Madison Square Garden. Either that or we'll record it on the road. Because that would actually be a productive use of our time. (laughs) We don't have any time to waste anyway. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's like, it's for us, it's what, like a... Two and a half, three hour drive to New York City. Or, uh, yeah, about three. Yeah, or more accurately, to Secaucus, New Jersey. In which case, we take a train in because parking in the city is hell. But regardless, that would actually be a cool idea. We should do that. We can we can plan something out. Listen, this is this is things being done. We're doing the podcast while we're planning the podcast. Gotta take a weekend day to go to MSG and putz around New York. There's nothing nothing better than that. Kaylin, you sound a little bit different. I probably sound a lot better. That's that's true. Because this this segment of the podcast is being done not via the internet, but actually via face-to-face. Yes, we are. For the first time on the pregame podcast, sitting literally five inches from one another on one microphone. It's close and sensual. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast just got very close and personal. Oh my god! Uh, you, you should also see uh, the the microphone setup, uh, Caitlin, for your birthday. I recently got you a, a nice little little uh, setup. That you did. You can, you can use to enhance your podcasting abilities. And I'm very thankful, Dan. Thank you. And right now it is it's sitting on your knee. It's got two windscreen or two pop filters on it. I should say. Listen, this is quality, quality, what's going on right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're professionals. We don't do anything subpar. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But what we came here to do is to talk about Tom Brady. Now, here's the thing, though. Everybody's talked about where Tom Brady's going, where what he's doing. Everybody's had an opinion. Dan Patrick, Colin Cowherd, uh, Brian Gottlieb, uh Clay Travis. You name them, they've talked about it. They have an idea. They've heard from this source or that source. Or they have no idea and they're just talking about it because people want to hear people speculate on the whole thing. We don't know anything about where Tom Brady's going. Tom does. Well, Tom does. But we don't. Some say we might not know anything at all. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But what we did do is we took the top four most likely landing spots for Tom Brady based on Vegas odds, because if anyone's going to know anything, it's Vegas. They know everything. Of, of course. Based on the numbers. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's the numbers, Mason. What do they mean? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my references are sick tonight. Uh, much like I am. Very. Still. Yeah, very. Um, you're going to have to disinfect your house after we're done with this. That's the plan. I'm going to get the Lysol out. Yes. Happy birthday. <laughs> Um, but regardless, we took the top four places that he could be landing, which is, of course, back in New England um, and a few other spots that we'll get to. There's a few. And what we're going to do is uh, kind of, we're not going to talk about why Tom should go there. Well, we might get into that a little bit. The main thing we're looking at is why is this city just a city worth going to in the first place? Basically, you know, if Tom's going to play there, I mean... Tom Brady can go anywhere he wants. 
he could probably go down to Dallas and replace Dak Prescott if he so felt. He honestly could also just spot up in his nice huge house and not do anything. Okay, that that is true too. You know? So, real quick, we're going to run down the top four locations, talk about why those locations are hot, and then from there we'll discuss about which one, you know, which one would we want to go to possibly out of those. And that might give us that that will give us as much insight into where Tom Brady's going as any other analyst on YouTube or armchair quarterback on on Twitter. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Literally anywhere. So first place, okay, Boston. We're talking Boston, Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Okay. I, I'm not quite uh gargly and throaty right enough right now or sick enough. Uh, to really get into the deep Boston accent. If I was sicker, it'd probably be closer. But Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Boston. No. Uh, <laughs> but first place, you could be going Boston. Reasons why it'd be cool to be in Boston? Well, first off, super historical. You're talking, you know, the Revolutionary War and all that. You got a lot of history built into Boston. You have, like, a lot of influences from different heritages in Europe, you know, especially a lot of Irish and everything. Okay. I love how the only word you're doing an accent on is Boston. Boston. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go further. <laughs> it's the only one you got. Listen, anything further than that might be a mistake. So, regardless, yeah, I think, you know, super historical place. Tom Brady, super historical guy. Yeah. He, he does history. By the numbers. City does history. Totally fine. On top of that, why else Boston a cool place? Well, educational hub. Think about it. A lot of big schools. Harvard, MIT, Boston College, like a dozen other places for people that got B minuses all through high school. Right. So there, there's that. Dartmouth. Eh, Dartmouth. Dartmouth's in Vermont, but New England area. Well, I thought it was in New Hampshire. Vermont. Uh... It's it's in New Hampshire. There's yeah, a, it is in New Hampshire. There's a trivia no, question right. on it this no, past you're right. week. Don't it, is, you? it is in New Hampshire. It's... It, Annie lives so close to the, or my wife lives so close to the line there. It's okay. You could shout out her on the podcast. <laughs> all right. My wife, Annie, lives so close to the, the border there, or grew up so close to the border. They're the same state to me. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Because I remember uh, checking when when uh, we were up there for the wedding. I was like, oh, wait a minute. New Hampshire's like pretty close. So Yeah, it, it was right there. Yeah, yeah. So either way. Stuff that's in Massachusetts, in Boston. Well, I mean, I guess you can count, like, all of New England then in this whole discussion. You could, yeah. So Dartmouth, and then you also have Brown, and you also have, uh, which one's in Connecticut? Which Ivy League school? Yale? Yale. Yale. Yeah, Yale. What am I, why did it take me so long to think of that? I don't know. <laughs> Losing my mind over here. Um, okay, so beyond that, Martha's Vineyard. I don't know what it is. I think it's like a resort place for rich people. It's a Cape Cod, right? Isn't it? Yeah, it's near it's, Cape Cod. I think it's like an. I think it's an island. It's an. It's an island resort area off of Cape Cod. Ah. So it's not on Cape Cod. It's off it. But All like right. rich people go there. Whatever. Okay. Either way. Also, two words. Dunkin' Donuts. You can't talk about New England without talking about donkeys. Donkeys. So, I mean, I mean, to compare it to Tom Brady a little bit, I know like the man does nothing but drink like soybean oil or whatever, whatever health juice helps him, you know, be a freak athlete at the age of 43. But maybe maybe it's a little Duncan action. It's got to be somewhere in his blood. It can't be the clam chowder. So it has to be the Duncan. If he's going to have one thing that's (laughs) he's going to like consume. (laughs) 
I don't know about that, bro. Well, maybe. I don't know. Either way. Um, and also, don't forget Boston. Six letters. You know what else is six letters? Success. If you typo it. So. If you typo it. He yeah. goes, if you typo it. Well, that's not successful if you spell misspell success. Success with one C. It's fine. Suck. Sess. Okay, fine. Success with one less S at the end. That's better. It's pronounced the same. So that's why that's why Boston's a good a good place to live. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm not quite sold on it, but okay. What what are I'll you sold on? What, are what you sold am on? I sold? I'm sold on L.A. Oh, you want to go L.A. next? I'm okay. going to L.A. next. <laughs> now L.A. is the fourth most likely place for him to go. It is the fourth most Specif- likely. Specifically, the Chargers. Let's get that straight. Yeah. Not not the. <laughs> Not what were the Los Angeles Raiders, but are now the Las Vegas Raiders. No, no, the, the Rams, the Rams. <laughs> right, well, the, you have the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. yeah. Not the 49ers, not... <laughs> Okay, Not any of those other teams that are like in the same vicinity. So, so yeah, let's get this straight. The Chargers in Los Angeles. And, I mean, do you even need to explain why Los Angeles is a cool place to live? I mean, no, not really. You have literally everything that's cool about California in L.A. You got Hollywood. You got Disneyland. Brady's got young kids. They can go to Disney all the time, hang out, go to the Star Wars world. I'll never get there. So you got that running for you. You have a lot of business and startup businesses going on in LA. That's kind of the reason why another big name superstar we all know and love, LeBron James, went to LA. He went there for business. He didn't go there to be a Laker. He went there for business. Now, that's going to happen when he ends his career, kind of like bef- you know before Kobe's unfortunate passing. Kobe had a lot of business going for him. He had a lot of things happening outside of his career. Brady... Brady has his brand, TB12. Brands that are like that in New England and New York, maybe New York, but New England, they're not going to do too hot. Oh, are you talking about something where you aren't supposed to eat clam chowder 12 times a day? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, oh, exactly. okay, my bad, my bad. Anything or, that doesn't involve that. Yeah, we're, we're you know, <laughs> we're eating a, uh, a lunch of two hot dogs sitting in pond water on a... On the side of a on a street, you know that's that can't be considered lunch. Then is that no, yeah, no? I think that's like the New York special. I think either, <laughs> either that or pizza for like four cents. Oh boy! Besides four cent pizza, L.A. has pretty much the East Coast wiped out and beat just because it's L.A. It's an awesome city. It has all kinds of stuff. And to be fair, if I was Tom Brady looking to start a brand, looking to start a company, looking to do anything business-wise after I got done with football, I'd be looking at LA to start it and to make it happen. Here's the other thing, though. Tom Brady's also 42. If I was 43, excuse me, if I was looking to play more, I don't know that I would be looking to do anything after I retired. I think I'd be more looking to sit on my nest egg and just relax. Well, LA's a little bit expensive to do that, even if you are Tom Brady. You know, he he has a pretty nice life in New England. Please, that man that man could like walk down and get he walked down to any restaurant pretty much in America, I could say at this point. And even though he will have haters, like somebody be like, "Listen, people are coming to my restaurant to yell at you." At the very least, I can give you lunch for free. No, see, and I don't think people would do that for him because he has all that money, right? I mean, he's loaded because, you know, his wife is one of the biggest supermodels of all time. And Actually, that, that's, that's a good point. I think he's fine anyways because of 
His, Giselle yeah, functions. No, Giselle, yeah. Giselle is the one who makes all the money. Tom's t- the one who's been taking all the pay cuts. The reason we're having this discussion is because he's sick of taking pay cuts. And he wants to make some money at 43. Well, that, Took him long enough. Yeah, about time. But anyway, if I was Tom, I'd be pretty sold on L.A. Do you want to know another place that's pretty sunny where old Tommy boy might end up? Oh, do tell. He might end up in a place that uh, in its native language is referred to as the Meadows. And that is Las Vegas, Nevada. Why they called it the Meadows, I couldn't tell you. It's a big old desert. Yes. So, yeah, that's the first thing I have down my list of positives. It's a desert. (laughs) (laughs) No rainy days. Um, Yeah, actually, I have that stat. It rain. It on average, it rains twenty-seven times a year. It's a lot less. Yeah. It. That's like that's that's literally one in twelve days. Basically, that's not bad. That's pretty good. So, like, sunny. It's also a dry heat, and it's always warm. You know, people talk about how when people get older and look towards retirement. Now, typically, these people are the people in their 60s. That aren't NFL players. Yeah, they're not NFL players, but they typically, where do they go? They go someplace warm. They go Florida, Arizona, you know? They go to all those nice warm places with, you know, no snow. Well, yeah, because when you get older, you know, you don't have have as good a blood circulation. So you basically turn to a cold-blooded creature and then you have to lay outside to heat up (laughs) I was really wondering where you were going with that one and I'm glad you got to see my facial expression for that because it was definitely something Uh, are you saying people turn scaly into lizards like what No. where was that going (laughs) I was just saying that a lot of people retire to sunny places i.e. as I said Florida and Arizona so I don't think Las Vegas is too far off because they're like Hillary Clinton and they're lizard people Uh, yeah well of course of course conspiracy of course also, going in favor for Las Vegas, I mean, I don't know if you've ever played Fallout New Vegas, but great video game. So that you have that. Listen to me. I'm grass. I'm trying to find anything to say except for like hookers and blow because <laughs> I, I don't think Tom Brady's in the market for hookers and blow. The Hoover Dam. Las Vegas got the Hoover Dam. I, that's pretty cool. Also, to if, see once. Yeah. I mean, also like landing in Vegas. Tom Brady doesn't have to worry too much about like the whole what's the word I'm looking for the whole like having to really because obviously he's going to be the starter wherever he goes right but he's not displacing someone as hard because John John Gruden doesn't like Derek Carr no he doesn't like Derek Carr at all and that's kind of bad when the quarterback coach of all quarterback coaches is like yeah this guy's pretty bad and it sucks even more when he like came to Las Vegas and was like yeah, he's all right. And just divulged into your bad. But yeah. not to take away from the point here. That's nah, all good. I mean, I don't really have much else to say in terms of like propping up Las Vegas because... You really didn't sell it well there, pal. <laughs> That's a city who's pretty easy to sell and you, you it, did not do a good job. Well, yeah, but the thing is like the things that you sell Las Vegas on are the things that Tom Brady has no interest in. Or at least I presume he has no interest in. I mean, he does seem like a boring old man. And like, that's kind of yeah. what's left in New England is boring old men. I'm <laughs> I've been there many a time. <laughs> There's not a lot of young people. Don't, don't do that. I have, I have cousins who live there. They're in their 20s. They do things. I don't know what part they live in. As as we're, as we're talking, you know, and, and putting this podcast out, we just left PAX East last weekend, which is a whole bunch of young people in Boston, if you're familiar at all. No. No? The Penny Arcade Expo? No. It's the East Coast's biggest video game convention. 
so young nerds everywhere that's what i'm saying <laughs> young young nerds all over the place i got all you. over the place but yeah that's pretty much all i have for vegas um like he could set the tone for what a team in las vegas can be like in their inaugural year what a guy all right uh, what where's, where's I'm, done last listening. Place? Yeah. I'm done listening to your bad pitch yeah where are we going now we're going to nashville tennessee Ooh, okay. A little southern. A little southern. And one of the only places that's not like a major, like huge city. Nope. It's definitely not a huge city, but You're going to do this the whole time? I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> it's got a whole lot of music and jazz. It's definitely one of the first jazzy and musical and country cities to ever be in the United States of America. It's got a lot of history because of that. And that's not the only thing it's got going for it. It's actually a growing city when you look at the numbers. I'm done doing that accent. Um, <laughs> I tried. Um, I'm, I apologize to anyone from the South that is currently listening to that. That was probably awful. I mean, you also alienated all of Northern California when you said the only thing to do in California is in Los Angeles. So it's fine. You're just alienating everyone. Yeah, but that, that's fine. Cal- all the Californians already know that. <laughs> There is a gang of San Francisco, like, San Francisco knights that are that are building outside our door right now. <laughs> no, they wouldn't be, because this doesn't come out till Wednesday. <laughs> well, they are going to be. I could hear them. <laughs> anyway, back to Nashville. Yes. As a matter of fact, it's one of the highest tourist spots in that region at the moment. Believe it or not, um, my f- a couple of my friends and my wife, who I've already mentioned, were talking about going to Nashville in the near future, just oh. to, as a little getaway trip. Okay. Um, apparently, there's a lot to do in the city. It's, a again, a growing place, and it keeps expanding and expanding. It's definitely a music town, though. Like, that's what I keep cycling back to, because that's what it's... 100% known for. Does Tom Brady play an instrument? No, I don't think he does. Let me let me look this up. Let's fact check this real quick. I don't think he does. <clears throat> does Tom Brady have kids, eat meat, have a brother? Uh, no, play... I typed in, t- does Tom Brady play? And the second result was, does Tom Brady play for the Cowboys? Uh, <laughs> if, if he if does, only. people know something that we don't. That That is the absolute truth. Um, does Tom Brady play an instrument? Okay, so apparently he doesn't. All this article is telling me is that he listens to What's Up by four non-blondes in the locker room to get hyped before a game. All right, so he doesn't play an instrument. No, he doesn't play an instrument. <laughs> so that kind of hurts my Nashville argument a little bit. However, he does like good music. That, so that's true. That's true. If he, is in a, if he appreciates good music, Nashville's a place full of good music. Also, I think you're missing the other key component. The, the the yang to the yin of the music. Oh, what is that? Nashville. And that would be uh, Tennessee Barbecue. Oh, how did I forget Tennessee Barbecue? Just, or I guess at that point, it would be kind of an extension of Memphis Barbecue. I think, like... I guess. I, yeah. Here's the thing. It, the Midwest is full of good barbecue no matter where you go. Well, I, and if you go to the South, well, the, in Louisiana, yeah. it's full of good crawfish. Well, I mean, so, I think I think the I think the barbecue is more attributed to the South than the Midwest, like more of like your Tennessee, Kentucky, yeah, like Missouri, yeah, for sure, for sure, you know. But yeah, I, trust me, I don't want to have all the barbecue fans bursting down our door right behind all of the San Francisco people. <laughs> it's fine. We just we just aim to tick off as many people as possible. Right. That's the goal of a podcast, isn't it? Oh yeah. Okay. Fine. My bad. My bad. You'll update that description though, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. For sure. For sure. 
Good catch. <laughs> Damn. I tried to get you to do it. <laughs> but anyway, so Nashville, the Tennessee Titans, probably pro- they're up there for places he'll land. I mean, as far as the team's concerned, they have pieces that he needs. I think he's so. I think that's the hardest one for him to be able to slot perfectly into because Ryan Tannehill had a year. He did have a year, and it was the first time in his career that he had a year. So what do you do there? It yeah. gets it gets interesting. It gets interesting. Okay. Well, we can't talk about this forever. We can't argue about what's better, you know, Disneyland versus barbecue, clam chowder versus hookers and blow. Uh, <laughs> so we got to we gotta make a decision. Kaylin, based on the cities themselves, where would you be going? I think if I was Tom, I would be going to L.A. And I'd be going to L.A. for a few reasons. The first one being the city. The second one being business. The third one being the team is built enough and talented enough for me to still make plays and still go to the playoffs. He's better than Phillip Rivers. Let's be honest. Yeah, Phillip Rivers was the consistent benchmark of just above average. Like he was like he was always right around that like rank between like eight and 12 in the league. Correct. You know, just above the the halfway mark of 16. So, yeah, I mean, I could see that being the improvement. I think that's also the place I would go. I mean, you get you get better weather. You get, you know, a chance to I mean, I can't say the Chargers aren't really that better of a position because Melvin Gordon's probably leaving. So, yeah, I mean, eh, but he like still gets to play it out. He goes back to California, which is his home state. Yeah. So that's important to his him. His family's there. And and also he can start doing the Jay Z thing because I don't know if you've like seen. Okay, so basically anyone who's like an entertainer, and this counts for athletes too. Okay, Jay Z is a man who is worth well over a billion dollars, but he's come nowhere close to selling a billion dollars in music. It's because this man took his money and went like business tycoon on the city of New York. Yeah, like to the point where you know launching streaming services and all the other good stuff. Obviously, some of that failed, like the streaming service being terrible. Sorry, anyone who was a... Uh, oh, God, what was even the name of that service? Um, start with a T? Yeah, it did start with a T, I think. Title, title, yeah. Yeah, it was title. Yeah, so sorry anyone who was a title subscriber or fan, but, like, it just wasn't that good. I wasn't going to leave Spotify just for, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce's music, so either way. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I'd say L.A. too, because he can, you know, as you said kind of do what LeBron James is doing, expand TB12, even though TB12 sounds like an off-brand vitamin. It really does. <laughs> he should just sell vitamins and herbs and stuff. He should go the hipster business route, because that's all he takes is vitamins and herbs and all sorts of things that are hipstery. I mean, if he drops his first name out of it, it's literally a vitamin. It's B12. <laughs> it's, it is literally B12. Yes, it uh, is It is actually a vitamin. Brady 12. Yes. Did you take your Brady 12 today? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling good. I'm, I have a, I have a deficiency in Brady Twelve right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, but anyway, I, I, okay, so not necessarily from a football decision, but from at least like a, yo, I want to move somewhere and I want to feel good about the place I'm moving. And I was given the choices of Boston, L.A., uh, Las Vegas, or Nashville. I'm taking L.A. I'm taking L.A. too. Kaylin, I'm trying to make it through this one. I really am. Yeah. I'm a sick boy. Very, very sick boy. The coughs are real. 
the the yeah any any cough interruptions you've been listening to throughout this podcast have been entirely 100% real because uh for our birthday weeks I decided to get sick apparently yeah but you made it to your birthday without getting sick yeah yeah no literally well I was I had a little bit of a cough on my birthday but then things just kind of went to hell <coughs> exactly like that well, just like that I'm going to try to edit out as many of those as possible. I'll leave that one in as an example of how terrible I sound. Because um, <laughs> it's bad. It's pretty bad. Kaylin, be prepared to repeat yourself a whole lot. Be prepared for me to stop. and uh, Because I have a, a literally a half gallon of green tea next to me that I've been using to try to, to help clear my throat. Right. Yeah. T- tough to do audio format material while uh, while sick. Uh, nearly impossible. Some would say, but yet, here I am. Giving it the good old college try. Exactly. Speaking of giving it the good old college try, we're going to try something uh, new, a new little segment we got for the show, and we call it Obscure Sports. Kalen, sing the jingle. Uh, Obscure Sports. We'll take it. Ah, that was awful. It's fine. You'll work on it for next week. Yeah, don't put me on the spot like that. That's weird. <laughs> it's, dude. It's better when I put you on the spot like that. Don't, don't get it twisted, man. You, you were perfect. You were good. You're right. You're right. All right. So, obscure sport of the week. That's what we're doing. We're going to take a little time to talk about an obscure sport, something cool, kooky, new, maybe something flying under the radar, and today. We're talking about World Chase Tag. Kalen, do you have any... Well, you know what this is a little bit. I do know what this is, and it's amazing. Do do you want to give, like... Before I run down the rules, do you want to give a brief little uh, blurb, like a Netflix blurb, about what World Chase Tag is? World Chase Tag is your favorite childhood game all grown up. It is people literally playing tag and chasing each other down in a set-up arena full of pipes and obstacles that these highly athletic young adults, we'll call them, jump over and chase one another to tag and get points. Winner at the end of the game with the most tags has the most points, but I think you're going to cover that in the rules, so there's your description. Did you just read that off the website, or did you like just come up with that off the top of your head? No, I have Amazon open, so that was off my head. Oh, I I was going to say, it sounded really well prepared, like you were really nailing it. I'm just that good sometimes, you know? So, as Kalen described it, World Chase Tag is, at its very core, tag. Now, you're probably wondering, how athletically challenging can tag be? Well, this tag is very challenging. I would say that, Kalen, the best way I would describe it in my own terms, not the terms off of like Amazon or anywhere else. I would say that World Chase Tag is tag meets parkour. That's how I would yeah, describe it. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much pretty much what I would say it is. Um, yeah, and for the record, I wasn't reading anything on Amazon that said anything I, that came off the top of my head. And um, yeah, it's definitely parkour mixed with tag. It, it's pretty cool. Oh, my bad. I, th- I, thought, I thought earlier you said you were. Oh, my, oops. <laughs> No, no. How dare you insult me and my expertise. I do uh, apologize. 
Yeah, I, I do not want to challenge your expertise of world chase tag, of course, of course. <laughs> so the format, because apparently there's several different formats to world chase tag. You have uh, ultimate tag multiplayer, team match play, singles match play, flight club, which is a cool play on words, I'll say. Ah. But the most popular format they have, or I guess way to play the game they have, is called chase off. And that's what they use for the uh the world championship uh, events that they host so the way that these chase-offs work is that you have two teams with a maximum of five athletes at the beginning of the match there's a determined number of chases uh usually for these world championships they've used somewhere between 10 and 16 that's predetermined at the beginning of the match so what happens is a person from team a let's just say becomes the first chaser and a person from team B becomes the first evader. That's the term they use, evader. Evader, okay. So they'll put them on this course, as you described. It has platforms and uh, poles and areas that people could run up and slide under and jump over and dive under and all different types of places where people can jump in and out and weave and, you know, obviously dodge a tag. So... What will happen is they'll start the clock and the chaser has 20 seconds to catch the evader. And basically, if the chaser catches the evader in 20 seconds, then the team that the chaser is on gets a point. If the evader lasts more than 20 seconds without being tagged, the evading team at that point gets a point. Whichever team uh, gets the point that round, that person then becomes the evader and someone off the losing team, different from the person who was just in for that team, becomes the chaser. Right. So if you have player A1 and he's chasing player B1 and he tags B1, then A1 becomes the guy who's the evader. And then B2, for example, becomes the chaser. Uh-huh. So essentially they do their predetermined number of chases. Like I said, it usually is 10 to 16. And then at the end, um, the team with the most points wins. Uh, the only other rules is that the tags must be made with the hand. So you can't be like kicking somebody. You can't jump and get somebody with your foot. That'd be kind of cool. Like a flying like crane kick. That would be pretty cool. That'd be dangerous though. Nah, <laughs> not at all. What do you mean? Eh, a little dangerous. Nah, 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 nah. Just wear a helmet. I'm not sure if a helmet's going to really protect you that much from a kick, but, I mean, sure. Uh, uh, you can ask Miles Garrett how how uh, how much a helmet helps with uh, being kicked in the face. Ooh. Haha, <laughs> throw back to controversial topics. Right. Uh, and the other rule is, of course, the boundary they're playing in is not that big. Um, let me see if we can find out exactly how big the area is. But... If the evader does step out of bounds, then they are counted as tagged. Uh-huh. And I, I just figured it out for you, Kaylin. Oh, you figured it out for me. Yeah, the uh, area that they can't step out of, it's a 12 meter by 12 meter quad. Uh-huh. So if you can picture 12 by 12 meters, it's not the biggest thing in the world. It's pretty small, all things considered. Oh, I, I remember watching it, and I thought it was pretty small. So... It's it's not a lot of area to go. Like you run around and they were running around in circles in it a few times over before it uh before it was like said done and over with. And they're not running in around in there like you said, Dan, for that long. 
Yeah, the best comparison I can give you is that the arena is about... How do I describe this properly? If you take a standard boxing ring and like double it, like square it, so twice as long and twice as wide, that's about the area of their little chase zones. Yeah, that's about it, yeah. It's pretty small. And I mean, I guess it has to be because otherwise, like, the tag game would just go on for forever and ever and ever. Like, think about, like, playing tag outside when you were a kid. Like, that game lasted for forever. Well, especially if you had really big boundaries, of course. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? But I think the other thing that's really cool about this is, so obviously, baseball is trying to do this a lot. And... What, play tag? No, (laughs) not quite. When it comes to speeding up the game, baseball is doing it a lot. You know, a lot of other sports are trying to be mindful of how long the game takes. People are blaming it on, you know, millennials and, you know, some Gen Z Zoomer types that have short attention spans and all that. The, the nice thing about this, at least in terms of quick action, is that the replays of the World Championship online are pretty quick because... 16 chases, each chase is 20 seconds. That that gets done pretty quick and it's it, there there is a little downtime in between for the for them to be like okay, evader getting the evader. Uh, what's the term? They have they have a glossary of terms here. The the uh evader plate. That's go stand in the evader plate. Okay, that's pretty formal. Yeah, and then they have the chaser stand in the you know, believe it or not, chaser plate. Shocker. Yeah, of course, they have to, like, you know, set up the next round and all that. But that's pretty much how it works. That's that's kind of the general gist. And I do think it's nice that, you know, something like this can be packaged pretty quick, pretty tight. And, you know, the courses are pretty neat. They're pretty cool looking. Obviously, a lot of the teams we're seeing in these world championships are European. Because, I mean, parkour is French. Literally, the, the word parkour is French. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The word is literally of French origin. So, and there's more there's more areas to do that in um in Europe. Yeah, well I because mean yeah. It's the cities are more packed in tight, you know, everything like that. So So you're telling me you're not gonna vault off a one world trade center and try to, you know, land somewhere and then tuck and roll and all this stuff? Yeah, no, I don't I don't think I'm gonna do that anytime soon. Yeah. I I don't know that anyone would live through doing that, to be honest with you. Yeah, base jumping's a thing. All right, Dan, you go base jump the trade center and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, okay, you know, definitely you're going to at least want to parachute. You, you might want to, just in case. Yeah, that's that's true, bring a backup. But sticking with World Chase Tag, Kalen, you, you seem to be a fan of this. Do you think this is something that you would, I don't know, maybe join as like a rec league thing if it had kind of like an outcropping here in the U.S.? Oh, dude, I totally would. I think I think it's such a cool sport slash event. Like, it's pretty dope. Yeah, I would do it in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even bat an eye. That's and all. It's funny, Dan. All the guys are built like me, pretty much, except for like a, the exception of a few of them. They're all long, lanky, skinny dudes who are really quick on their feet. So yeah, I think I would fit in with that community really well, and might actually be half decent at it. You never know. Yeah, you and Hunter both agree. Yeah, Hunter would be pretty good at it too. We got that long, those long arms and long legs that jump over things and dive under stuff, and you know. Get the tag. Don't yeah. Don't forget the wingspan. Oh yeah. yeah. The wingspan where it's at. Of course. So you know who knows? Maybe a uh, a Y pipe world chase tag team. There it is. That's that's what Y pipe is going to turn into in the end. It's going to be a world chase tag team. 
at the start of every round, it's just Hunter on the bench. Yee! Yep. <laughs> that would that would be pretty funny. I, I will say, and, and I think this is going to be the interesting part of this segment for all sports going forward. So obviously, you know, we're getting your opinion as a, like, decently fit, you know, athletic human being. Yeah. And then, you know, you can look at my opinion uh, as a uh, not very fit, um, but athletically, uh, how do we put this? Um, You're a fan? Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. Uh, athletically, oh, uh, I wouldn't say athletically motivated because I'm not that. Athletically challenged? <laughs> well, I am athletically challenged, but I don't think that's accomplishing what I wanted to either. <laughs> <laughs> but like still, um, like I still like athletic competition like athletically competitive yeah you know like i'm not i'm not the best basketball player but if you're trying to do like a three-on-three pickup game i mean yeah i'm gonna have to be the guy who's gonna have to try to uh post up and do that kind of play i'm not gonna be the guy running around the arc because that's just not what i'm built for but right what i'm getting at as the resident fat guy of this podcast my opinion on world chase tag is i think this actually be a really good sport um, for the fact that that people of my size, while we may not be as good at it, because as you mentioned, you know, uh, we may not have a lot of the agility or the nimbleness that is required for this. Right? Did Did you just scoff at me? No, I sneezed. Oh, I thought you to keep it contained. Sorry. No, it's it's okay. I I thought you scoffed. I'll take I'll take a sneeze. But what is still there is the fact that. This is something that we could do because, like, I'm in a situation where, like, being built as I am, I can give you, like, some quick, like, athletic burst, but the tanks, the tanks burn quickly, okay? So, if it's, if it's 20 seconds of high-intensity stuff, I can hit you with, like, a full-on 20 seconds, but if it's, like, a marathon thing, for example, it's not going to work as well. I think right. that this is a nice short thing that, while not as nimble, I'd still be able to be in there and and still you know put in hustle for for that time period you think a bigger dude like you would be able to compete at least you know get in somewhat decent ish of shape and then be able to you know do it at a, at a recreational level at least so my final verdict i think this is you know maybe not fat guy friendly but at least like fat guy accessible when it comes to yeah, a yeah. sport <laughs> Fat guys can participate. Yeah. Like, we're not you just gonna... gotta think differently. Yeah. Like, the thing is, like, I'll put in, I'll, dude, I will, I will gas myself in those 20 seconds, but I'm gassing myself because I'm going all out in those 20 seconds. Kaylin, any last words on World Chase Tag? It's an amazing sport, and I think they broadcast all of the competitions on Snapchat. I think they have a Snap story you can subscribe to. That's how I found it, and that's how I've watched it. At oh. Least. I found it yeah. on YouTube just kind of out of the blue one day. That's kind of weird. Yo, you're going to have to uh, send me that link. We'll put it down in the show notes. Uh, I'll see if I can find the snap story. All right, sweet. Awesome. We rolling. Sorry, I'm burping. I'm burping right now. Uh, <laughs> but but thank you, Kaylin, for pulling us into this uh, to talk about uh, kind of a sad thing still. Still obviously a very sad thing, but some latest developments with the unfortunate, untimely passing of Kobe Bryant. More developments, Dan. How, what do you mean? Clarify. Well, more things are happening, uh, specifically with Vanessa Bryant, um, his wife, 
the mother of his uh, daughter, who also perished in the uh, unfortunate crash earlier this year, uh, has filed a wrongful death complaint against the helicopter company that operated the flight that ended up, uh, you know, resulting in the death of nine people, including her husband and her daughter. Uh, the the complaint was seventy two pages, so very extensive. A seven? Wait, wait, wait! Just the complaint was seventy two pages, or like seventy two pages of legal documentation to just voice one complaint. The wording here that's being used by ABC News is a seventy two page complaint for damages is one of the things in the court documents. So it looks like it's 72 pages of what she has of, I would say, evidence, more or less. Well, it's either, it, I think it would be a combination of evidence and um, since it would be a wrongful death, you could also point out the fact that he, she lost all his like future revenue with, you know, all with his company, with everything else that he was his doing, image. his shoe, his shoe royalties for new shoes, for anything like that. Also, his image, yeah, anything to do with that Mamba mentality or anything. That there's a lot to claim there. Mm-hmm. So I I can see that being 72 pages if that's what that document is. So from Vanessa's standpoint, and th- this is probably going to be a dumb question. We're probably going to like hands down agree on, on this, but. Is she justified in making this complaint? Yeah, I mean, I think there's an argument there because they could have checked the weather. I mean, the weather probably changed, you know, since Mm -hmm. they had decided to leave or decided to take off. It it could have. It could have changed drastically. But, like, you also can point out that this company has been flying in the area for how long and they probably should have known better. You know, you just can't. You just can't say that there's no argument because there's clearly at least a sliver of evidence or a sliver of hope for it to be a lawsuit. And no one would bother with it if there was no evidence or if there was no argument. No lawyer would even touch it. They would just let it go because this is this is a high stakes case. This is something that has the public's interest. This has... The world of sports interest and not only that but you have vanessa bryant who is who i would argue is a powerful woman in this world you have her behind that so this isn't a low stakes case this would be like this would definitely be a high stakes affair yeah and another piece of evidence beyond well the, the main one being the as you mentioned the weather issue and the weather outlook on the the day that they decide to go out on this flight uh, the other thing that I saw included in this was that the pilot, uh, uh, Zobaya, Zobayan, I think, Zobayan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the pilot Zobayan. Um, it also said that he not only uh, was this weather factor, but he also made an FAA violation during the flight by upsetting and crossing into the airspace of LAX without notifying or contacting air traffic control support for LAX itself. Right. So that's a huge deal. Yeah. I mean, that's that obviously wasn't the cause of the crash. They were in Calabasas pretty far from LAX itself when all of this happened. But it's still something to note that, you know, if she's going to make this case, she's going to point out every mistake that this pilot has made 
during this flight. Which, to me, is also unfortunate because the man also lost his life of in course. this flight because of his mistake. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean... But, but including this including this paints the idea that this pilot had some some level of negligence that was happening during the flight. Right. There was a... This does help to show that there might have been a lack of paying attention or, you know, paying... Noting the finer details. Um, yeah. I can see the argument and I see how that's valid evidence. And yeah, you just you just hate to see a lawsuit like this for this reason. Because it's not just Kobe who died. You know, everybody on the helicopter died. And including the pilot. And now the pilot's going to get thrown under the bus essentially. In his death, and he's not even there to be like, well, all right, I didn't contact FAA because I was barely going over the LAX airspace, or I just grazed LAX airspace, didn't think it was necessary. Like There could be a million and one reasons why. There's probably proof to show that he didn't just graze the airspace, but... I mean, I, I will say, as someone who knows pilots at varying levels, all the way up to professional commercial pilots... The FAA doesn't play around. <laughs> it, oh, it, no. It, just, it doesn't. Um, it's very serious about its job. So as much as, you know, I guess, you know, you're you're playing devil's advocate a little bit with the, you know, we, we don't know the pilot's story. But the, the situation ended up as terribly as it did because of, you know, at the end of the day, the pilot was the one controlling it. And... Yeah. I mean... Yeah. At the end of the day... He was the guy at fault. He was the guy who made the mistakes. He was the guy who unfortunately cost everyone their life. So when you look at that, you're right, Dan. He he was the guy who cost everything. But, you know, and you're also right in saying, yeah, the FAA doesn't mess around because the FAA can't mess around. They have millions of people's lives on their hands, probably on a daily basis, flying in, out, around, near an airport. So, yeah, if you cross into that airspace, they got to know. And the same goes with your flying over the ocean. Like, you got to make sure you're not going to crash into another plane, you know? As, as a pilot, you got to make sure you're not going to hit another pilot or hit another plane or hit another helicopter. Or for, in the case of Sully, for Captain Sullivan, you don't fly into a pot of geese or a flock of geese. Well, I mean, that one actually kind of makes your point due to the fact that, like, that, that was really you know, like a, like a God's will accident and there was really nothing he could do about that. Yeah, but... So, eh. Yeah, but... Uh, still, but, you gotta pay attention and you gotta be like, I'm gonna avoid that goose if you can. Yeah, I mean... I'm gonna avoid that fog because it's rolling in. Yeah, but going going back to uh, the question of whether or not Vanessa is justified in this, I think she totally is. I think she is too, yeah. yeah. Like... I think she definitely is. I think that this... I mean, the city of Los Angeles is not going to have closure for a while. Like, they're still going to feel this for a while. Like, no one's going to be able to talk about, like, some big momentous thing that the Lakers are doing without something happening. Yeah. And good lord, if the Lakers win the NBA championship this year, there is going to be so much talk about how, like... You know, the spirit of Kobe Bryant or something, you know, was flowing through this team. I mean, LeBron James literally did a Kobe dunk 
two days after Kobe's death. He And he was like, yeah, I didn't try to do that. It wasn't like Kobe. And then you watch it back and overlay that. It it was one of Kobe's iconic dunks. So yeah, the 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 point being that this is still like Kobe's death is still going to be a talking point for like ever. <laughs> well, ever, but still like years. It's still going to be in the forefront, especially well at least for LA sports. Yeah. So it's not like this is like dragging out any you know closure that people are trying to get. It's still going to be a, a wound to a lot of people for a while. You know, obviously, he was such an impactful person, an impactful character to the city of Los Angeles. I think it's just about justified. I also don't see how, unless unless the evidence is incredibly bogus, I see no way that the helicopter company isn't getting out of this, or is getting out of this, you know? Yeah, um, I, I don't I should either. say, yeah. Like, the, the helicopter company is, is pretty damned in this, and I mean, like, what are you going to do? One of, one of the greatest superstars in one of the biggest greatest cities on the planet perished at the hands of your your charter company yeah i mean there's not much you can really do about that other than go in to the courtroom and make your case of all right well he used his best judgment and it was just a horrible accident and that's kind of your argument if you're on the other side of vanessa bryan in this particular yeah. lawsuit and, and at the same time i mean this is a well, wrongful death, would that be criminal or civil court? Do you know? It's, it's a wrongful death, so it would be a civil case, if I'm okay, not so, mistaken. So if it's a civil case, then a judge decides there's not a jury then. So I think, I think I'm correct in that. Yeah, I, I think I'm death. correct in that too. Yeah. For, yes, civil being a judge decision. Yes. Based on that, I don't see a single judge in the entirety of Los Angeles County or in the surrounding areas that... Well, first off, there's probably going to be an incredible lot of bias yeah, from that. But I also don't see a judge, again, unless faced with an insurmountable amount of just just evidence that's neglectable, evidence that can be completely like ignored. You know, with the exception of completely bogus evidence, every judge in the world is going to be siding with the wrongful death of Kobe. And that's kind of where we can critique our judicial system for a bit here and go, well, you have a biased opinion because you're a Kobe Bryant fan, you're a Laker fan. Well, should you really be on the case? Should you be involved? And I would say, no, you shouldn't. It should be somebody who really didn't care, who didn't really know, who just saw it and went, oh, that's tragic. Well, that's that's on. what I was saying. Find find me a find me a, a judge in, you know, anywhere in Los Angeles County or uh, Orange County, or I think Orange County is the one that's north of Los Angeles County, where I'm Calabasas sure. would be. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, like you find find me anyone in whatever county you want to give the jurisdiction to this to, um, who isn't going to be already biased on on the matter of that. It's it's the same reason it took so long to find, um, to find uh, you know juries for these big high profile cases like O.J. Simpson. Because everyone heard about it and had an opinion. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, I think maybe maybe Vanessa Bryan will benefit from that. And unfortunately, the helicopter company will just be screwed. Who knows? But um, still, nonetheless, it should not be that way. Yeah. As all good journalism should be neutral, all good judiciary instances should be neutral on opinion. Do, do we count as journalists? Should we be neutral? Because we're terribly not. 
No, we're a opinionated non-news outlet called The Pregame. Um, you're listening to it right now. And also available on social media at Pregame Online. There you go. Yeah. But... Um, anyway, back to the actual topic well, at hand. Well, I'm, I'm trying to remember. What does Stephen A. call himself? He doesn't. He calls himself a uh, a commentator. Is that his like way around I the think, whole thing? Yeah, I think he does. He calls himself like a commentator or something like like that. That's different and wacky. And but it, yeah, but he's just an opinionated man. That's all. Yeah, he's just a guy just blurbing around. He's a guy nothing. yelling into a microphone like us. Oh yeah, yeah, basically. That'd be that'd be really funny if we were just both Stephen A, both Stephen A for the day. How could that wouldn't end well? We'd just be yelling at each other the whole time. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure someone's put a video together of Stephen A yet, like arguing with himself. He's done enough clips nowadays that you know. Oh yeah, it no, I exists think somewhere. I'm pretty sure there's a video of someone pointing out all the contradictions within the same like month of Stephen mm-hmm. A. I'm pretty sure that's happened. But anyway. Yeah, but regardless, uh, we we. Our journalism isn't biased because it's not journalism, but real sports journalism, you know, your Ken Rosenthal's, your Adam Schefter's, just like the judicial system should be, nice and unbiased. Us, on the other hand, the Eagles suck, Kalen. The Cowboys suck, Dan. There you go. There it is. That's that's the difference between us and them. We form an opinion based on what Ken Rosenthal tells us is fact. Yes, and my opinion is that... Uh, Whatever amount of money Vanessa is suing for, she should get. You really think that? Just up front, just don't even don't even see the evidence, see the argument, just okay. here it is. Okay. I, I will say on top of that, I also feel bad because of a couple things. One, that the photos of the crash have been used for a lot of press crap that she has spoken out against, but nothing's changed. And also the fact that TMZ and a lot of other outlets were leaking and announcing his death before the police had a chance to contact Vanessa Bryant about it to the point where she saw it in TMZ before she was contacted which is actually against the law <laughs> but no one's talking about that wow so i did not i personally did not know that but yeah. that also that's happened a lot lately though in the last few years when a star has mm-hmm. died the someone's gotten a hold of it and just zipped it out there well the there's the reason the law exists is because i forget which celebrity it was but some celebrity died and his widow found out about it like watching the news before the police could contact her and she went into such shock that she had a miscarriage of the, of what would have been their only child. So logical reasons yeah. behind the law. Yeah, the, the law is in place for a reason. Yeah. I wonder well now here's another thing. I wonder if she will sue TMZ for anything. Uh I mean so TMZ is one of those media companies that like they do a lot of this kind of stuff so they're like slime and they know their like ways of getting around it. So true, but I, at the same I think, time, I think some nice karmic justice is just you know her getting what getting everything she asked for here, and then you know we're able to kind of brush our hands of the yeah, legal matters. I don't of know. This. I, I think TMZ should be fined for that. At I, the very least, they should be fined. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that does come up. There'll be another lawsuit for us to talk about. Yeah, we can bring that up on the show later and be like, yeah, now Vanessa Bryan is continuing her raid on all the wrongdoings of Kobe's death and taking down TMZ. Yeah. All of it. 
next she's going to be suing uh, Blake Griffin for uh, taking a little bit of the shine away from from Kobe Bryant as the only LA superstar. All right, now that's just that's a little too far. Okay, that's, <laughs> it's too far, too far. My bad. Kaylin, you've had three different sound qualities to you tonight, but we're back to the sound quality of how you're going to be in the future, which is why we're going to be talking about the future. What's your prediction this week? Oh, Dan, my prediction, sticking with the theme of college basketball here uh, for this bit for me, is that Seton Hall is going to be a five seed come tournament time. What are they currently? Where are they projected to be right now? They're currently an eight. I don't know what their projection is, however, and I don't want to know because I want to base this prediction solely on how they've been doing lately. Okay. Opinions on the roster and the team, etc. But they are currently eighth. They were 13th a week ago, and they are winning big games and showing up to play when it matters. So that's why I think they are going to be a fifth seed or a five seed come tournament time. Oh damn! And selection Sunday. All right, I could I could hop on board that train. That's pretty cool. That's my prediction. That's what nobody wanted to know about what I think is going to happen in the sports world this week. So Dan, what does nobody want to know about what you're thinking is going to happen in the sports world this week? Well, what we have coming on the horizon is that next week is our big F1 prediction show that we're going to do. Bless uh, up that. That's coming, and basically this idea came from a group of F1 YouTubers who do this every year. It's hosted by a YouTuber named Chainbear, really great guy. One of the reasons that I'm kind of getting more and more into F1, because he explains a lot of nuances and like things that are happening in the sport. And I just watched part of their prediction video uh, to get an idea of what type of questions we should be putting into ours, and... I don't think my confidence has gone up by watching it. So I think my <laughs> I think my prediction is that I am definitely going to do my best, but I'm not sure if I'm going to do well next uh, week for our predictions. Uh, Kaylin, do you want to hear like some of the sample questions that we're going to be possibly looking at? Yes, please. That way I can prep. Yeah. Now, now the thing is, when we do this, I'm going to. We're going to have the questions finalized, and then we're going to have it sent to everybody. So you, me, and Hunter. And then we'll have time to mold it over and everything. We won't have to make decisions on the spot. And then we'll send it in. That'll lock in your answers. And we'll talk about it on the show. So there were things like who's going to win the DHL fastest pit stop award uh, for being the fastest pit crew that year. Who is going to win the most driver of the days, which is a fan voted uh, award. I watch F1, Dan. Well, I'm explaining for those who don't watch F1, dude. (laughs) If you don't, you should. Okay, there is the best of the rest. Uh, which team is going to be fourth in the championship? So yeah, just you, ba- you basically have Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull in a class of their own with their six cars, and then you have the rest. Yeah, exactly. Like the middle pack and the bottom pack rounded out by Williams and the rear. Yeah, and and more questions like which driver is going to outqualify their teammate the most, which. Could be, I don't know, like, that could be a huge up-in-the-air question. If you think about it, and you look at last year, it can give you a good idea, because the teams didn't change too much this offseason, so it can give you a good idea of who's going to out-qualify who. So all I'm hearing is that you think these questions aren't too terrible, 
And I think these questions are terrifying. So my prediction, <laughs> yeah, my prediction is that uh, next week is going to be a rough week for me, but we will see when that comes. Uh, for now, let's wrap up what we're doing here. If you have any questions, comments, discussion, anything you want us to do or talk about on the show, hit us up at our email at the pregame mailbag at gmail.com. Uh, we read any questions, comments, discussion that come in. Uh, we talk about it on the show occasionally. And, yeah, just let us know at the very least uh, what we're doing and what you like and what you don't like. That's the you know best way we can improve the show. That being said, we will see you next Wednesday. I am Dan Zaleski. He is my co-host, Kalen Wolfskill. We will see you me. next week. Pre-game podcast is produced by Dan Zaleski and Kalen Wolfskill. Theme music by High On You, a Ruby Media production. <laughs>